is when we soared with one set of wings. With our bond growing stronger every day, we are nearly unstoppable. Soaring through the spires of sharp mountains, we loop and dazzle with acrobatic displays. Pirouettes and spirals on one set of wings, with rider and dragon moving together as one. Daredevil displays ski maneuvers are now as easy as breathing, and we do both as one body. Mirrored movements belay a bond more than physical. Both rider and dragon share one mind now. This scene showcases the strongest bond ever known. This is more than a joyous ride in the sky, however. You two have been called to complete some task. Someone is in danger, an item needs gathered from a dangerous locale, or an urgent message needs sending. Who sent you? Who calls for assistance from a brave dragon and their exuberant rider? What impressive display do you flare out while saving the day? At the end of this scene, after we have saved the day, the planets start to fall. Well, something we didn't address in the last scene is the fact that there are other dragons and other riders. But they're on the other planet. Are they? Yeah, they're on. It specifically says that they're on the mirrored planet. If you look hard enough, you can see mirrored in the air of the second world, riders and dragons just like yourself. Ooh. Heck. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Let's look at our wagers. Yeah. What are we doing? I w- kind of want to go with the we're we're delivering a message. Mm-hmm. Um, like <clears throat> maybe with the planets falling into each other, the the war has gotten worse, mm-hmm. and like we've managed to protect the town that we're from, um, with magic. But that doesn't help everywhere else because we can't push the magic that far out. So maybe we, because we're Mm -hmm. so fast, we ferry messages when towns need help to the people who can help. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're ferrying a message or maybe we're ferrying Mm -hmm. a response to the people who need help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's see, wagers. I'm going to do four of these. Yeah, I'm going to do four. Oh, shit. I'm trying to decide if I should do three or four. One of mine directly conflicts with yours. But isn't that the good part? This is true. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a wuss, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do four. Uh, no, sorry, not four, three. Ah, wuss. Listen. <laughs> Um, so we're delivering a message from the people who can do the helping. Like, it's a resistance movement Mm -hmm. that's gained traction. We've gotten help from some of the neighboring countries who 
want to uh, the neighboring countries are banding together to try and help move people because they can see that the planets are going to collide and they want to get as many people away from where impact is projected to be as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. It's they're, they're planets, so like they know it's going to affect everywhere, but they want to move people. But like the the empire that started the war to conquer everybody is just like no fuck you (laughs) um and the empire is still so big that it's like fighting against it is hard and so we found the nearest group of people who could help this town gave them the message and we're taking a message back like they're coming to help it's going to take like this much time uh we will stay here in the meantime and help you kind of thing until they get here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so we're flying through mountains, and uh, I think uh, I think at this point Rose has a saddle that's been like custom made for Horace to use. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's a well crafted like leather saddle. Um, mm-hmm. that's like a fawn color. Uh, it looks very good, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rose will settle for nothing less. Of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it definitely, in addition to attaching to Rose, it attaches Horace to Rose. Yeah. Because he does magic, and he needs his hands mm-hmm. to do magic. He's just got very powerful thighs now. yeah yeah he does (laughs) that's what it's like the same thing with like horse riders they'll get very powerful thighs because they have to hold onto the Mm -hmm. horse with their thighs Mm -hmm. so um same with people who ride motorcycles actually looks at my boyfriend (laughs) 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 he had powerful thighs before he started riding a motorcycle it's fine um yeah but so they're like streaking through like mist between like the mountains and over the tops of trees um mm-hmm. doing sick stunts <laughs> yeah. um, and i think there's just a moment where like rose just uh, like does that like almost falcon screech into the sky like as she's like soaring up um, and it's mm-hmm. just with pure joy as she does this <laughs> mm-hmm. um, does Horace like whoop with her <laughs> uh yeah he shouts and laughs uh because nobody could fucking hear him anyway <laughs> so he can be as loud as he likes and it's like this intermingled like set of sounds um uh, 
that makes a new sound as the two of them just like scream their like just scream into the sky enjoying the day and enjoying like who they are And, uh, I think, uh, eventually, like, uh, Horace leans forward because, you know, he can, mm-hmm. and he just sort of leans on Rose, uh, because she big, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, he doesn't really need his hands to, uh, uh, brace himself. Because, like, he does definitely use his thighs to hold himself <laughs> onto her, but also part of his um, saddle, it attaches him to yeah. her. So if she goes upside down and he, like, loses consciousness, he'll still be attached. Yeah. Like, either which way, he just uh, sort of flops on her. <laughs> and uh, they're going, like, through the trees, over the mountains, and... Like, the air just smells alive. And something that happens now that uh, Horace is a bit older and more powerful is when he's feeling strong emotions, plants respond to him. (laughs) And below them, she can see some of the the trees, and they're like alpine trees. Mm-hmm. She can see them sort of shiver and get greener. She can see the nature below them responding to Horace just uh, loving life. He's busy just like enjoying the ride and enjoying how strong Rose is. It, the air smells of greenery. It's it's wonderful. It's very good. Um I think they they soar out over over a mountain lake and the sun is high in the sky shining down um and it's it's warm on their backs while the air is cool as it like rushes over them. Um, and she flies over this lake, and the thermals coming off the lake just pull up, like push her upwards into the sky very quickly. And she just rushes up in the air, just letting her wings just splay out the feathers, like rustling in the wind as they soar up and up and up over this lake. And she, like, lets out a sound almost like a song before she goes into a dive back down towards the lake, just snapping her wings in and diving them down after they've reached, like, as high as the thermals will take them. The sun is over them. It's it's bright and, like... At this angle, uh, Horace can see the ground, and he can see them just, like, dive-bombing towards it. And uh, there is the shadow of both of them. And because he's, like, bent over her back, and they're at the right angle, like, it just it looks like one creature... As he's looking at the shadow, like, as they're getting closer and closer, and the shadow is getting closer and closer, 
uh, right when it seems like she's going to let them impact in the ground, her wings just flare out, the, making the silhouette of this creature that they are more as they soar back up into the sky. And he just whoops and, like, pounds on her flank or something like that. <laughs> Not, like, objecting. No, it's like that was rad as shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She can feel, like, her own blood, like, hot in her veins. And she, f- like, feels Horace's blood. Like, she can hear it and feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, Because... Mm-hmm. Their hearts are beating as one. Because that's some good shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think in the distance, they see smoke. <gasps> We're same brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they see smoke rising from the place where they are going, and Horace straightens up on her back, and like she can hear him rummaging in his magical supplies, mm-hmm. and the smell of green gets stronger, mm-hmm. like green and magic. I think what he does is he sort of like smacks the spot between her wings, like her back between her wings. Between her shoulder blades. Yeah, between that's it. Between her shoulder blades. He thumps his hand uh, onto the spot between her shoulder blades uh, because, okay, he's ready. Mm. And she, she flaps and catches a thermal that pushes them up. Mm-hmm. So that she can, f- like, fly faster over the trees, basically just zooming towards the smoke and starts going into not like a direct dive, but uh, angles herself so that she is moving more quickly in a downward motion towards the flames. And when they break over the tops of the trees, flares her wings out to slow slow them down so they can see what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the Empire is there, and the the, the village is on fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because they arrived there sooner than expected. Oof. And I think what Horace was uh, preparing was definitely magic. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, because, you know, he's, he's a fucking magic user. That, that is, that is what he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they stop, uh, because he was prepared for there is a fire. So what he prepped was water. Mm-hmm. When they stop, it's almost like water, like, sluices down her wings. And... Uh, and like she 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 pulled her wings up to slow them down but then she soars over the tops of the village and water cascades off of her wings over the fire. Yeah, that's even better. And like this does things to like fuck up what the empire is doing. Cuz like water? This is a lot of water. Uh fuck. <laughs> and she lets out like that 
terrifying, like, screech. I think what, what she does is as she, like, circles the village to put out the fires and drop water off of her wings, she's trying to herd the uh, Empire soldiers in a direction. Um, because they've all heard about the the wizard and uh, his dragon. They're terrified of them. <laughs> <laughs> As well they should be. Mm -hmm. But of course there's also some stupid people amongst the soldiers who are like... Nah, I'm gonna try to fucking kill that dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, some idiot throws a spear. And I, like it glances off of her shoulder and she's just like Um, because there's still water cascading off of her wings, she doesn't feel bad about spitting fire mm -hmm. at things. <laughs> uh, cause she can put it out. And uh I think like Horus uh starts, you know, uh fucking throwing seeds off into the ranks of the soldiers and like the seeds don't even hit the ground before they begin to grow and bloom mm -hmm. and um it's it's a very beautiful death <laughs> and they save the day because that's what they do and then the planets get closer. I think we both hit all of ours. <laughs> yeah, I, I hit all of my... I also hit all of my wagers. Yeah, uh, I did. I will admire our shadow as it looks like one beast in flight over the ground. I will lose myself in the smell of the air and the feeling of the dragon's muscles under mine. And I will share my plan with the dragon without speaking a single word. Mine, where I will scream joy into the sky. I will spiral downwards, pulling up at the last moment. I will ride the thermals, wings still and heart flowing. And I will save the day. I didn't do I will admire the rider's flowing hair because I'm pretty sure Horace just has like a mop <laughs> of hair on his head. He does have flowing hair, but um also <laughs> I I personally think that you should take a wager for I will save the day because I said so. Yeah, but it's cheating and I did not pick that one. Who cares if it's cheating? I do. Do you? Do you care if it's cheating? <laughs> Be gone with you. No, you can't get rid of me. So at the end of the scene, after we have saved the day, the planets start to fall. Finally, the fifth real scene is when we faced the apocalypse. We can see the faces of the riders from another world. As gravity blends between the geologic colossi, we can meet the other riders on their world with a powerful leap. The planets move to intersect, and as the clash of rocks and rending of stone splits the air, powerful storms burn up the atmosphere. 
there's no denying that this is the end of the world, of both worlds. We must save who we can, move them to far ends of our home. We must do the impossible and find safe havens for those we love as our planets collide. If our bond is strong enough, we can push ourselves past the limits of what would be possible alone. However, if our bond splinters, falters, harbors any imperfections, the day will be lost. We live on small worlds, and with this collision, however apocalyptic it may seem, there may be hope of a salvageable future. Riding through splintering spires, moving mountains, collapsing cliffs, and breaking bluffs, we ride on wings that grow fatigued. We must push, push, push to the end. Now is time to tally our bonds and determine our fate. Consult the bonds table to determine how the climax of this story ends. Well, first, we have to make our wagers. We do. I'm doing four. Um, hmm. I'm also doing four. So... I think when it starts, well, first off, I think by this point, they're, like, mid to late 40s. Yeah, because, like, that, that past scene, like, they're older, there's maybe, like, there's gray in Horace's hair. Mm-hmm. Um, there's scars all over Rose's body. Mm-hmm. But she still looks regal as fuck. Of course she does. <laughs> And so they go from this this last scene into this one. Not, I don't think immediately. I think maybe there's like some short time, but the planets are falling yeah. and there's not much time. Yeah, I think uh, my thought is, is that they are in the center of a market and Horace is giving commands he is ordering people, uh, go here, do this, collect this thing. I think he has not quite an army of students, but he's got, he's got lots. And uh, he's got people he's taught to help. Yeah. People who can move people, people who can keep the ground from breaking just long enough that somebody can get across. Exactly. People who can stop falling rocks, people who can create shields, etc. Yeah. And not everybody can do everything, which means someone may be not in the place they need to be. It's not a perfect system, but it's what they can do. Exactly. This is the apocalypse. You cannot stop the apocalypse. Exactly. And I think, like, um, he's in the middle of this, and fire overhead catches his attention, and it's blue-white hot, and, like, he looks up, and it's another dragon and their rider, and I think it's like, yeah, it's a black dragon with a rider in, like, just the most vivid uh, crimson, because, uh, you know, might as well be on my bullshit. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, he sees this, and he sees 
the dragon and he sees the dragon's rider and he sees the other dragon rider see him and for a long moment they lock eyes and uh, no not not just that it's not just one dragon and one rider it's it's an entire army of them and the one in crimson is the leader and he sees the other dragon rider see him and they stare at each other for just a long moment he's just absolutely stunned because he's being measured he is being measured he is being weighed and i think uh rose soars over the top of this market circles and lands behind Horus and levels like catches the eyes of the dragon and the rider like the leader up in the sky with this like expression on her face that basically like challenges them if they're not here to help then they need to leave Horus hasn't moved like he is just like absolutely in shock uh in fact someone has to grab him and shake him and yell his name no 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 rose touches her nose to his cheek and just quiet like it's not a it's not a yell it's just a soft chorus he startles like almost violently and looks at her and she can see he is shook and then the planets start to collide and the earth starts to shake and there can't be being shook by what you've seen there can only be action i i don't think he acts i think he freezes I think I think because he freezes like um cuz Rose is waiting for him to like swing onto her back into the saddle so they can go mm-hmm. and people have already started moving out of this market square and where they're standing is very close to a building and the ground just fucking like part of the ground like in this chunk like breaks upwards and pushes this building up and then tilts and the whole thing starts to come down on them like the building not the whole piece of ground mm-hmm. and instead of moving what rose does is basically like pulls him to the ground and just hunches over him and all of those stones from that building just collide with her back That finally gets him in motion It uh, when he realizes, oh shit, Rose is getting hurt. He, like, does magic, and it's too late to stop it uh, hitting her, 
but it's fast enough. Like, he basically puts up a shield, and mm-hmm. it's fast enough that, like, it doesn't kill her. But she's injured. Like, she has, like, maybe a broken rib or two now. Yeah. But they have to keep moving. Right. And he does finally, like, climb on her back, and he uses magic to, like, push away whatever has fallen on them. And she takes off. The ground has already, like, the wizard apprentices and students and other, like, magically inclined folks that they managed to gather and teach as much as they could to are helping people move and trying to get them to where the ground isn't as volatile, where there aren't as many rocks falling and get get them away, basically. Um, try and stop, like, things from moving, stop rocks from falling, etc. Um, and I think, I do think that the other Dragon Rider army is helping. They're helping, like, guide people and helping get people who are stranded and helping, like, to keep debris from hitting people, as well as, like, a bunch of them have spread out. Like, they're traveling as fast as they can over the whole of the planet. We, we get a moment of the worst happening because not everybody can do everything and someone is in the wrong spot at the right time and the ground just falls away. Horace and Rose are too far away to get to them and all they can do is just watch as half a dozen uh, of their friends and even more people they don't know are just swallowed up. And as as these people are swallowed up, they see that another dragon rider was racing to save them, and as the ground snaps closed, it throws stones into the air, and they hit the dragon and their rider, and then one comes back down and slams them into the ground. And Rose keens for kin that she does not know. But they still can't focus on that. (laughs) Yeah. The apocalypse is here. Yeah. They are definitely, like, bobbing and weaving and doing their best, but it's not just uh, their planet that is coming apart. It is the other planet that is coming apart, and now the two planets are close enough that uh, the rocks are falling upwards into one another. They're trying to help, and, like, they're doing their thing, and they're good. They're very good. Mm -hmm. But there is only so much stamina any person, any people have. Dragons and riders start making mistakes. Mm -hmm. Because they're tired. Mm -hmm. And more and more of them start to fall. 
Oh, I know what happens. The Crimson Rider falls close enough that uh, Horus can reach them and grab them. And he grabs them. He saves them. Their dragon can't be saved, but he saved this person. And he unbuckles himself, and he buckles them in. And, like, they're half-conscious, and he's, he's still got to do magic. He, he stands up and, like, braces himself with a hand on their shoulder, because he's trying to do things, and he knows how Rose moves, and he, he can trust that this is going to go the way uh, it needs to happen. And he misses the boulder coming at him it's it's huge like uh he really shouldn't have missed it but uh they've been working just as hard as anybody and um it clips him and like knocks him right off of rose she's going one way the rock is coming from another direction and he goes flying through the air and she knows immediately as soon as he is no longer on her back, even if she still has this weight on her back of the other person, she knows when Horace is no longer on her. And she moves as quick as she can to turn, but there's so much debris that she cannot turn quickly. And two rocks are starting to come together in her path, and she has to make a choice. And she zip like she she flaps hard and like zoop zips forward between the two rocks only just barely coming out the other side as they crash together um as she soars up and over and around to try and find where uh horace has fallen I'm giving you an opening for one of these. Because I think she lands. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, somebody takes the dragon rider away from her, like, one of the mage, like, she lands next to, like, one of the, the magicians, and they take this injured, the exhausted person away from her, and she's, like, trying to look for where Horus but there's so much going on and there's so many things and there's the ground is constantly moving beneath her feet. Mm -hmm. I think Horace has like landed on one of the moving rocks and like he turns out to be over her head and she figures this out because he yells uh, he yells her name. He is so far overhead and moving towards the other planet real fast. And she, like, starts... She tries to take off, but a boulder clips her wing. And so she tries again, and she, like, runs over the ground but the ground keeps tripping at her feet and boulders keep like hitting her and keeping her from taking off and 
uh, Horace will see that the ground has pushed up behind her and is slowly tipping towards her and towards him because it's being pulled towards the other planet. Uh-huh. And she manages to get off the ground for just a moment when a large piece of debris clips her and just spirals her back to the ground. She doesn't get crushed, but she is hit the ground again. Mm-hmm. Uh, on another piece of floating earth that is being pulled towards the other planet. She sees Horus stand up. Not even stand up. He sits up and he leans over the edge of the boulder he is on. And even at this distance, she can see he's badly hurt. And then she can feel him again, like muscle memory that isn't hers. And there is an enormous wave of magic. And for just a moment, everything goes still. And I think in this moment of stillness, even though Rose is badly injured and she feels like she can't fly, she feels like too many things are broken and injured to this moment of stillness, she pulls herself up and launches herself off of this piece of rock that's just floating, hurtling towards this other planet. There's so many like weird things going on with the air around her that she's just buffeted around and she's pulled up and she's pushed down and she's thrown into a spiral. But finally, she wrestles the air around her to work, and this hot gust of wind pushes her forward as her wings snap out at full breadth, and she soars over to where Horace is and lands. None of the rocks are moving. None of them. And Rose just collapses. Shit. Now we tally up our bonds. So this is a total. Yeah. 18 plus 17 is 35. 35. Ah, just shy. So there's, there's one, two, three, four. There's five different bond results you can get. Um, after when we face the apocalypse, count how many bonds you have wrapped around your grasped hands and consult the table below. This is the result of the climax of your story. If you wagered high and capitulated, you will have a positive ending. If you wagered high and failed to come through, or if you did not wager enough, your story will end in cataclysmic tragedy. Zero to five bonds, the world's ev ended, taking you both with it, only debris remains. Each person has only one image to show during the epilogue. Six to fifteen bonds, the worlds are left in tatters, barely survivable. One of you pulls themselves from the rubble, the other is gone forever. 
You each have two images to show. 16 to 25 bonds. The cataclysm has impacted both planets, but you are both alive. You survey the destruction and give thanks for your lives. You both get three images to show. 26 to 35 bonds, which is the one that we got because we got 35 bonds. (laughs) Through your bravery, you have pulled through. The worlds will never be the same, but you have each other and you have hope for the days ahead. You have four images to show. 36 plus bonds is the Smith's Forge holds no candle to the flame of your hearts. You both live having saved many. Your eyes look to the misty sky and your hearts look to the future. You each get five images to show. See if you had accepted that bond that I tried to give you. <laughs> I will not cheat. <laughs> but I should have. I absolutely should have. You just don't want to. Yeah, you should have cheated. <laughs> you could still cheat. No, no, no. Fine. Fine. So, the epilogue is when we saw the end. These are the final words of our story. This gives us the opportunity to show images of our fate. Based on your bond results, see a chart at the end of the document, you will have a varying number of images available to narrate. The scene is a montage with small images or movements meant to represent fuller action. Take turns with the writer starting first. Use this epilogue to wrap threads, to put a cap on emotions, and to provide what closure we can. It may not be possible to resolve everything that came up during play, so choose wisely. Give narrative priority to what you think is important. You received a good ending based on the amount of bonds you had in the final scene. Narrate how your lives recover after the cataclysm. Your ending was less than favorable. Narrate still images, debris floating in the mist, or images of grief. Once the epilogue ends, cut your bonds and let go of the other person's hand. The game is over. God, this is a good fucking game. Right. So we both get four images and you start. And we'll go back and forth until each of us have said four images in this montage. Well, I think the first image is four dragons and their riders landing around Rose and Horus and picking them up and rescuing them. Mm -hmm. I think the next image is in the months ahead. Like Horus's magic stopped everything from moving. The two planets collided into each other, creating one weird mitosis planet. (laughs) And Rose is, like, they're both still recovering because they used so much of themselves. And It's just an image of Rose sunning herself, like, on a rock with Horace, like, curled up reading a book next to her. Mm -hmm. Maybe his arm is still in a sling. Maybe there's, like, one of her wings is, like, splinted. There's new scars over their old scars. 
I think the next image is uh still further down the line. Um Horace's arm is out of the sling, and his tower is full of people taking things out and he is pointing at things and directing them and talking to them. And for just a moment, we see him try to do something. We don't know what, something magic. But there is a moment where he tries to do it and nothing happens. And he looks at his hands like, right, I forgot. And he goes into fuzzy focus, and, like, the background uh, gets clearer, and you can see his students uncomfortably looking uh, towards one another, because they understand exactly what has happened. God, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> uh, the next scene is maybe the next year and life is not back to the way it was but is to some new semblance of normal people have adjusted people are learning new ways to handle things Magitech is starting to get more prominent to help people move between places because there's new mountain ranges. There's not a lot of flat land anymore. Um, and you, we see rows soaring through the sky between floating chunks of rock with Horace on her back. And it's unclear what they're doing. But from the way that Horace is dressed and from the saddle bags that are attached to Rosa's saddle, it's clear that they don't stay places. Mm -hmm. I think... I think the next image... Um, how sad should I get with this? <laughs> Well, you're on your third yeah. image. Mm -hmm. Do you want to save the sadness for your fourth image? <laughs> I see you. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, also, we don't have to go that sad. Uh, I know, but I want to. <laughs> I don't know if I want it to necessarily be sad, mm -hmm. like, in, in a, like, like, I don't want it to be, like, angst gremlin sad. Okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. I, I want this to, yeah, I want this to be a, like, bittersweet sort of, like, Not every story has the and they rode off into the sunset ending, but not every story ends badly. Yeah. Okay, okay. I know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the next 
image is Horus sitting on Rose's back on the outskirts of a town. Uh, Rose is too big to go into town by this point. (laughs) But he's sitting on Rose's back and there's a huge crowd of people standing and sitting around watching and listening as he talks and he's he's much older Mm -hmm. and he's talking and saying something and he gestures and there is like a tiny sparkle comes out of his fingertips and um everybody cheers like this is what they expected and this is very cool and exciting and he looks at his hand like he's never seen it before i think just to add a little bit of flavor like rose touches her nose to his hand because mm-hmm. yes i think moving further down the line not too much further from that one mm-hmm. um rose is too big to go into towns now but like she doesn't grow anymore at this mm-hmm. point she's just big mm-hmm. um but she doesn't fly as much anymore the the scars and tears in her wings are too much for her to fly properly now mm-hmm. and so they're walking they have to take the time now to walk places to walk through forests and across mountain ranges and see the things that they missed when they flew in the sky mm-hmm. i think my last scene is one of the um, Horace's former students is now a teacher in their own right. And right now they're teaching a group of um, small children uh, in, you know, like the five to seven range. And as you watch, it's clear that this is you know, simple child magic being taught. Mm -hmm. Basic clouds of color, basic shapes, that sort of thing. And as the camera pans across these children, you know, doing basic colors and basic shapes, we see an elderly chorus struggling to do the same magic the children are doing and he does it but he's not as good at th- as them and you can see him working at it and doing his best and getting better <laughs> and i think my last scene is at the junction 
where the planets meet, there has been set up like there's there's buildings and there's what are essentially eeries and mews for dragons set up. Um, this is where people who want to become dragon riders come to become dragon riders at this junction. And we see an elderly Horus and an old but still elegant Rose. They have retired to this space because while Horus may not be able to do magic, he can teach people about the bonds of dragon riders and their dragons. And there's the the shot sort of pans around this place and we see young like dragons and young children playing. We see them learning to get to know each other. We see the older dragon riders and dragons. And the camera pans to where Horace and Rose live. And there is Horace sitting, maybe drinking tea, reading a book, and Rose in her outside space, curled around a nest of eggs. <gasps> Fuck off! <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> All right. And that's the end of the game. We cut our bonds. And we, we take a moment to decompress. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That was real good. That was really good. It was also real goddamn long. Yeah, this was uh three and a half hours almost. Um, and I still have to read like the outro and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this game is fucking good. This game is good as hell. Uh please buy it. It when I bought it, it was like four bucks. It might be more or less now, but you can get it on drive through RPG. Just search for uh with Fire thy affections, hold a wing. It's amazing, honestly. Uh, this is a very fun game. I want to play this game again and again and again uh, <laughs> with different people because holy shit. Right. So I have been Izzy at uh, Sean Deere on Twitter. My. Uh, my co-host is the artist formerly known as Lindsay, who you can find at PF underscore Diva on Twitter and Curious Cat. Thank you guys for listening. Please consider joining our Discord, which is linked in the description. Please join our Discord. There's not very many people in it, but I promise we're fun, and we post pet pics and memes. <laughs> and sometimes Amber will say something inscrutable. That's the only place you can find her. <laughs> <laughs> We love you. Stay safe. No death. Uh, wear your mask. Go home. Stay home. Bye.
Thanks for listening. Please consider following us on Twitter at Hope's Hearth Pod. If you want to support us monetarily, you can find us on Coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Hope's Hearth Pod. Today's sound effects were provided by Zapsplat. Today's music was by Kevin McLeod. You can find links to his music in the description. Thank you for keeping podcasts supplied with that sweet, sweet, royalty-free music, Mr. McLeod. We love you. Stay safe. No death. Go home and stay home. Bye.